What is up, guys? Welcome to the Reborn Podcast. I'm here with my co-host, the Blue Bullet. Ribbit. <laughs> you're not saying... Okay, I was actually listening to one of the Liar Last podcasts. If you're going to say Ribbit, you have to like actually get into it. And we talked about what your spirit animal is. Your spirit animal... Oh, yeah. My spirit animal is a tiger. You need to like growl or something. <laughs> I don't... I'm going to have to work on that off I'm going to get you like a, like a sound... I'm yeah, gonna ha- I'm oh, gonna have ironclad. Yeah, be they like, need to they need to give me like a little integrating like, this. like a roar. But like are a, you gonna be like? Are you gonna be a a tiger or a you know, lion no, or I'll whatever? Or are you gonna out. be frog? Because those are out. two very different. A tiger? Was it a tiger or a lion? It was a, it was a tiger. Okay, n- not a lion. Okay, a tiger is a predator. The frog is typically being eaten. No, what are you talking about? A frog eats flies. Okay, it's a I'm predator. sorry, but it's like, it's just what a is smaller that? scaled predator. And not to mention, frogs are poisonous. They can kill you. Okay, all right. Okay, we can try to make your frog be as badass as you want it to be. So this is like a ribbit. That was so bad. <laughs> I don't even remember what I am. Yeah, you're a wolf. You you have to do the howl. I think we should just skip all of this. I, guys, I'm so sorry that you have to listen to this saga between Blue and I of figuring out our spirit animals. It all started with him trying to talk it's about his a call challenge sign. and reply. Yeah, Hang on. I still, this is what I want to be heard. Hang so, on, so you have a, is this a, a frog call? It's, is this like the mating sounds of like a frog? Oh, this is. It's snoring. That's what you sound like when you snore. <laughs> All right. Oh, we just need to record you snoring, and it's basically the exact same thing. Yeah, that's why I'm a tiger. Okay, there. So no more like ribbit. It's like we gotta we gotta put in like a sound thing of you. Sound effect of a tiger. For the tiger. Okay. Um, moving on to the actual subject. How are you? I haven't seen you in a little bit. I've been gone. He's yes. been gone, and then he just kind of shows up. And I reappear unexpectedly. There are times that Blue just walks in without even telling me that he is coming home. I actually, some people think like, oh my gosh, it's so sweet. And like, oh, it must be awesome just to, like, no. If you know that like your man or woman is like, you want to be ready for that entrance. <laughs> you, you should always be, be ready. Off, you don't want to be caught off guard. I know, but like I at least, like whenever you're gone, I don't really do like the same like housekeeping stuff. Yeah. Like you you know, I'm not talking about like, the house. I'm just talking about like how I take care of myself because, you know, you're not home. It's like, I don't like have to worry about anything. And then all of a sudden you appear and you're, I need to be like, yo, can we just have like a intermission? I just need to be right back. Um, so, TMI. He's back. <laughs> TMI. Um, dude, but people like if you know, if you know, then like you know what I mean. Like if 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 your husband goes away and then he like comes back, you wanna you want you wanna be able to like a look a little presentable. I don't know, maybe you don't. I guess it depends on your relationship. Yeah. But like you wanna, you know Im- be impressed. You wanna be like you don't wanna look like you don't wanna look like Oscar the the grouch out of the trash can. Yeah, or like that you've been living in your sweatpants ever since the day I I left. Yeah, I'm basically in the same clothes that I put on after he left. Just 
Okay. Anyway, the amount who, of laziness. Okay. Who did, so who our did guest, you do? yes, our guest today is. Um, I'm. I'm going to have Sean Whalen on the show. He is. Uh, he is a business coach, and he is somebody who has gone through the lowest of lows, um, and he is. He has rebuilt himself. Uh, he hasn't done it once. He's done it twice, and this is why. Uh, you know, whenever you guys look for mentors, like find somebody to look up to and to get advice from that's actually doing it or has done it, or in Sean's case, he has done it repeatedly. Mm. Um, we're going to find out about his uh, his career. He was into real estate. The market crashed. He was in a really bad place, then he has rebuilt himself. So I don't want to give too much of the episode away. Um, I don't want any spoiler alerts happening, but... Uh, I want to bring on Sean Whalen and I want to talk about business and life and everything else in between. So, Sean, let's get you on Reborn. Hey, I want to officially welcome you to the Reborn podcast. Thanks for taking some time out of your day. Um... I want to I want to start out uh, the listeners. By the way, I am your your guys's podcast is probably pretty high on the charts. Do you know what it is? What is your What does your podcast fall under? You uh, and um, the one with you in Saxony. I think it's just relationships. I think we put it under relationships. Are you guys one of the top ones? I think so. I don't I don't know. That's I haven't good. compared like where we are to everybody else, but we just hit. I think we're at like one point five million downloads. For That's awesome. Our first. I mean. I don't know, 30 something episodes in, which is really cool. That's really good. The only thing that I don't like about your podcast is I wish, I wish they came out more frequently. I know we're getting, <laughs> we're really getting good. the hang of it. Like it was, Just, it's a huge thing though. When you're doing a podcast with your, with your spouse, like, especially with she and I, like, cause we're both like, we're both all in, right. There's, that was our agreement. Like if we're going to do this, we're not holding back. Like everything is on the table, sex, everything. And so it's, uh, it's pushed the shit out of us, which is really, really, really cool. Mm -hmm. How long have you had the podcast for? What's that? How long have you had the podcast for? Um, our very first episode was, uh, the week before we got married and then we're coming up on our one year anniversary in at the end of February. So nice. a, lot, a lot of 10 and a half, 11 months. Give or really take. Yeah. yeah. And if you yeah. got, if you, yeah. And it's called the, the Sean and Sax show. Sachs show. Yeah, it's what it's actually one of my favorite podcasts out there. I absolutely love it. Um, I want to I want to go back and kind of talk about um, whenever just the beginning of Sean. People who uh, don't know who you are, don't know anything about you. You're 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 you are a leader who is creating and developing leaders. And um, I don't know if it was always like that for you or like how that has evolved. Um, but you are an amazing coach and not just, um, a relationship coach or a life coach, but I mean, a, a business coach, like getting people off their ass and realizing what their full potential is. So I want to go back. I know that you were in real estate. Um, yeah. and now if, if you look at your social media, you're racing cars. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember, I think I saw, I found Saxony first and I, I love mm -hmm. her earrings. I have some of her earrings. And then I remember I, who, I was like, who's this Sean guy? I was like, 
this guy's just like a big kid. He's like playing with uh, these doom buggies. He's like digging holes on the ranch. Like he's racing cars. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to go back a little bit and and give give the listeners kind of like a foundation. Cool. I was, uh, I mean, I was raised in a single parent home. I mean, people can Google me. It's in my book. I kind of tell the whole story. But uh, what's what the name it? of your book? Uh, How to Make Shit Happen. It's on Google or uh, Amazon, easy to find. We're almost selling a million copies, sold almost a million copies, which is fucking ridiculous. Really cool. Um, but I was raised in a single parent home. I was a entrepreneur, hustler ever since I can remember. I had a real job for a couple of years and, um, you know, I, I found myself just wanting to do my own thing from a pretty young age, you know, rules. I didn't like the rules. Everybody said it's this way and I did it that way and the whole thing. And so um, I found a lot of success at a young age. I was a self-made multimillionaire in real estate by 25 years old. Um, you know, not having a whole lot of guidance around. I didn't understand money. I didn't understand business really. It was just like wheeling and dealing and going and just bet- betting and betting and betting and married three kids had the perfect life on paper, you know, 170 mm-hmm. employees. We were doing millions of dollars, big house, boat, cars, the whole thing. Um, and by all intents and purposes, I was successful. You know, what is successful? That's success. He's got the big house and the things and the whole deal. And um, at 30 years old, um, the market crashed and we were losing millions of dollars. We were still making millions of dollars. And I found myself in a spot where I talk about in my book, I felt like I was juggling bowling balls. You know, I, I wanted, I needed to be at work to be able to provide for the dream and the life and the whole thing. And, but I needed to be at home to raise the family and the whole thing. And so it was like, which do I do? Like, which is, which is where, where am I supposed to be? When I'm at home, I'm I'm on my BlackBerry, kind of dates me a little bit, but trying to handle business and do the whole thing. But then when I'm at home, you know, or at work, I'm trying to deal with her, the family and the whole thing. And um, <clears throat> at 31 years old, I ended up walking away from everything. I don't know what a midlife crisis is, but if it's leaving your business, leaving your marriage, um, sticking your head up your ass, uh, that was me. And I found myself about six months after my divorce in the lowest place that I've ever been. Um, I did everything that I was told to do. And so I found Mm -hmm. myself in this place going, why am I so fucking confused? Why do I hate my life? Why Mm -hmm. am I in this space where I don't know which way is up and which way is down? And I became really suicidal. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one night almost, uh, I put a gun in my mouth and uh, almost ended my life. And it was in that moment where I was like, I got down to to the core foundation of just the essence of life. Like, I don't give a fuck about money. I don't care about like how to build a huge business. Like, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm on this planet. Like, is it to be a dad? Is it to be this? Is it to be that? And um, I woke up the next morning and I and I realized that I didn't want to die. And I went on a quest. I went on a journey. And um, nine years later, I'm still on that quest. I'm still on that journey. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the the two minute version of a of a really long deep story. But I like to think that I'm like a lot of other people out there that mm-hmm. are cutting their teeth in life trying to figure out what the hell this entire game is. Is it to be here? Is it to be there? Is it to stack Mm -hmm. cash? Is it to have a 401k and to retire at 65? Is it to be a dad? Is it to be a husband? And, um, you know, that's the journey that I've been on. And in the midst of all that lions, not sheep was born. And, and, uh, you know, here we are. So do you think like looking, looking back, um, do, do you think that you were happy or did you, whenever you were successful and you know, you're, you're, you're married before the market crashed, like in that moment, would you, would you be like, yeah, like I'm, I'm happy. 
Did you think that you were happy then? Or was it, was it almost like you were trying to, like you were still chasing something? If you had asked me, I would have said yes. Yeah. But like taking it all the way back. I mean, what I've realized in this journey that I've been on and, and, and not only becoming a coach and literally speaking in front of thousands of people and having thousands of clients, like I realized that in the simplest form, we're all programmed the exact same way. You, me, rich, poor, black, white, gay, straight, we're all programmed the exact same way. When you didn't pick your name, I didn't pick my name. I didn't pick, I didn't choose to speak English, right? You break everything back down to when we were little kids, we were programmed, this is right, this is wrong. This is good, this is bad. And if you were born in a religious community, this is heaven, this is hell. If you do this, you'll go to heaven. If you do this, you're going to go to hell. And so looking all the way back to the beginning, I didn't know who the fuck I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know why I believed what I believed. I didn't know why I went to church and why I did these things because really my testimony was what had been given to me for you know 20 years prior, right? I looked at what was success. You read the books and you're like, this is what it should look like. And here I was and I had it all, but it was like, why am I doing any of this? Mm -hmm. And so I realized ever since I was a little kid that I was a liar. I was a professional liar. You ask me, how you doing? I'm good. I could be literally crumbling inside, but we don't say anything like that. I just mm -hmm. say I'm good. Mm -hmm. And if you'd asked me back then, are you happy? I'd have been like, fuck yeah, I'm happy. I mean, look at my cars and my house and the whole thing. But inside I was miserable. And it's an interesting thing because a lot of people think it boils down to money. You know, you're going to get a bunch of money and then all of a sudden your, your life's going to be good. Mm -hmm. But the reality is like, I lied most of my life because I did what I was told. I said what I was told to say. I, I, and I followed the model of what success was, but I had no foundation in who the hell I was. You know, you go to elementary school, sit down, quiet down, slow down. If you have to go to the bathroom, raise your hand, right? This is what normal is. What Don't say anything that's going to offend anybody. If you say anything that's going to offend anybody, then you get in trouble. So how are we programmed? We're programmed not to say anything, not to chase our dreams. Even though our parents are like, dream big, dream big. Just kidding. Go to college and get an education so you can get a real job, climb the corporate <laughs> and, ladder, right? And then have lots of debt. And then exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so I, as I looked back, I realized that I lied my entire fucking life. And I didn't know how to tell the truth because I didn't know what the truth was. Mm -hmm. I'd never established who I was, what I believed. I believed yeah. what I believed because this is what mom and dad told me. This is what the church told me. I built the business because this is what success looked like. And I found myself in that spot just going like, why the fuck am I doing any of this? Where, where do you think that drive to be successful came from? Like, was it because you kind of like watched your mom like make ends meet and you were like, oh, like I'm not like you know, I'm going to do yeah, better than that. Like, where was, like, where does that come from? I was like Gary V though. When I was a little kid, like when we in the neighborhood, the ice cream man would roll around and I didn't want to mooch off mom and dad. And so I would go door to door to my neighbor's houses. And I was a little kid, like mm -hmm. 10 years old. Hey, can we mow your grass for five bucks? And they'd, they'd let us mow their grass. And I'd keep three and I'd pay my friends $2 to go mow the grass. So ah. I had this in, the, in the neighborhood ever since I was a little kid. Right. So I've always been, I've always had that spark inside. Like I look at things differently but I felt I fell into that conformity because this is what you're supposed to do mm -hmm. as a dad. You're a newlywed. This is what you're supposed to do. This is what a father does. And so I think inside of me, that's the, the beauty of, of the journey that I've been on is and what I coach people and teach people on is, is like, like, what do you really want? Mm -hmm. My coach, my first coach asked me that question. And well, I want, I want freedom. What does mm -hmm. that mean? I'm, I'm free to take this pen and stab you in the face with it. If I want to, there's repercussions to it. <laughs> But I'm free to say whatever I want, do whatever I want. But why is it that I say I want freedom? Well, I want financial independence. I want to be financially secure. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. Like, there's kids right now in the world that have like one pair of pants and one and one sh and one shirt. 
They don't have shoes. They've never seen a fucking soccer ball before. They're, they would be elated if they could even have dinner tonight, right? So when you think about these things, it was like, like, what am I even doing? Why am I doing any of this, right? And, and I think that uh, that drive really for the answer is what has been driving me, like answering that question. I've asked millionaires, I've asked billionaires this question, and it's fascinating when you ask somebody, what do you want? See, people don't know. A lot of people truly don't know. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you have to be able to define what that success means to you. Whenever exactly. I was little and I first started my uh, fitness career, I was actually a single mom. The trip and Cash's dad left when Cash was like four months old, and like I didn't, I didn't have like a degree. I didn't have anything. I didn't have a skill set. Literally, the only thing that I had and that I that I loved that I was passionate about was was fitness. And whenever I started on my journey, I had like this. Uh, I was like, oh, well, if I could just be a published fitness model like that, to me, that would define success. And so it was like, I got there and I was like, I mean, it was great. Like it looked great, but like, it didn't really define what success meant for me. And I was like, well, you know, I just need to work, get a bunch of money in my bank account, you know, that'll be successful. And then it's just, you know, right. And so I think that, um, it, you know, but, but looking back then it was like all of that, what I thought defined success was what I was allowing the outside world to tell me what success was or what success looked like. And I think that it's important that you have to, you have to create those terms and you have to define that yourself, like for yourself, nobody else can tell you what it, what it is to be successful because you know, you, you had all of that and you still were not fulfilled. Yeah. So that's what I, I ask people that question. And if you really think about it, like everybody listening to this podcast, like, you know, if I was to say to you, what do you want? The first thing comes to mind are like those really low hanging superficial answers. Like I want freedom. I want security. I want to be happy. Right. Like people all say, what do you want? I want to be happy. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Then you, then they have to actually describe what that is. And we don't know, like you just said, most people don't know. That's mm-hmm. not a, that's not a, a negative statement. It's the fact that we're not programmed. We're not conditioned. We're not taught to ask questions. When you're a kid, why, dad? Why, dad? Why? Because I'm the adult. Shut the fuck up and sit down, right? I mean, I'm yeah. a dad. I've got three kids. Why? Why? Yeah. Just because. Yeah. So like, we're literally programmed since we're little kids not to ask questions, not to explore, not to go past this deal. I was raised Catholic. I joined the Mormon church and it was like, we're right. We're right. We're right. They're bad. They're bad. And it's like, as I stepped back from religion, period, I was like, there's way more to this than what they're saying or they're saying. Mm-hmm. But it's that stay in this bubble because this is where the safety is. This is where the conformity is. And same thing in jobs and society and, and growth. It's like, no, 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 Don't risk your 401k. Don't risk your savings. Like you need the security. Well, then all of a sudden you're 75, 80 years old going, well, fuck. I didn't do yeah. any of the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read about any of the guys that came before us, any of the moguls, the Carnegie's, the Rockefeller's, the Steve Jobs of the world, global, they changed the world, right? But all of them said the same thing at the end of their book. They all say the exact same thing. If I could go back and do it all over again, I would have spent more time with my family and I would have done more things that I wanted to do. They Mm. all say the same thing, every single one of them. So I'm looking at it now at 43 going, all right, well, you know, that asshole is on his deathbed saying this is what he would do if he was 43 again. So I can do one of two things. I can try and play the IG game and beat everybody now, or I'd be like, yo, he's saying to like live your life. They're saying to do shit you want to do. And that's weird for a lot of people. Cause when I say like, I don't want to work, 
The truth is I don't want to be in an office every day. I want to be out racing my cars. I want to be riding horses with my daughter. I want to be playing on my ranch. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do that? Because, because you can't, because you just, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to work. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about this. I'm kind of questioning this. It's like, is it possible that I could build businesses that would allow me to play on my ranch all day long? Is it possible that I could build businesses that will allow me to race Aston Martin race cars all day long? Mm-hmm. Shit, I'm doing it. Well, mm-hmm. wait a second. This is different than what everything that I've been taught says to do. You know what I mean? So it's, it's that understanding that until we start questioning things, we're never going to figure it out. And so when I ask people like, what do you want? Probably one of the most profound answers is say, I don't know. Cause a lot of people don't know, mm-hmm. but we're terrified to say that. Cause it's like weakness, right? I don't know what I want. I'm 40. I thought I knew, I thought mm-hmm. this is what I wanted. It's like, it's just weird to like almost detach from the matrix and start looking at things differently, asking different questions. Why? I mean, I don't know if you grew up religious or not, but like, it's so fascinating to me how little people I grew, I grew up uh, in the Bible belt. Oklahoma. It's like, yo, this one verse says this and that's it. No, 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 no. And it's like, wait a second. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Is there more? Is it possible that there's more? And I, I just, I found myself, you know, in my early thirties going, all right, I ran this racket for the last 15 years. Like, what if I start looking at things differently? What if I start well, doing things differently? I, I think that like, if, if you go back to when, like as, as a child, we dream all the time. It's just dreaming, make-believing. And then something happens into like, I don't know, adolescence, like early adulthood is like, we stop dreaming. And, you know, you can say like, everybody is just, it exactly what you said. It's just kind of like a cookie cutter thing. This is what you do. You go to school, you get an education, then you figure out what you want to do. That's going to make enough money to be secure for your family. And then you go, you know, to college and then you get a four-year degree and somewhere, somewhere along the way, um, we, we lose, we lose the ability to dream about who we've wanted to become all along and, and who we want to be. And, uh, I think that's scary, scary for a lot of people because they don't, you know, even if they have like this idea of like who they want to be or who they want to become, they, you know, they, they're so comfortable being in the place and in the position that they are, they're afraid to take risks because I don't think people are comfortable. I think people are terribly uncomfortable. I think people are terribly uncomfortable, which is why 50% of marriages are ending in divorce, mm-hmm. which is why we have more prescription drug use than ever before in the history of the world. Like ever before. In 2019, more men killed themselves mm-hmm. than during the Great Depression. Like think wow. that through for two seconds. 2019, more men committed suicide than during the Great Depression. Why? If you really think about it, I don't think people are comfortable at all. I think people are radically uncomfortable, but they don't know how to say shit because if they're like, yo... I want to start my pool noodle business. I want to start selling my drink. I want to start a coffee shop. I want to start a restaurant. Oh, your whole ecosystem around you. No, 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 no. Don't do that. What if it doesn't work? And then all of a sudden you're like, well, shit, yeah, maybe they're right. Fuck, maybe it doesn't work. Okay, I'll just go back into the matrix. I'll stay back on the cattle, the cattle trail with everybody else, right? I'll follow the sheep. And that's what's interesting is, is I truly believe inside of people, majority of people, they do have dreams. They have mm-hmm. big fucking dreams. They have huge visions. They have this, this desire. I've seen this over and over and over again. A couple of years ago, my son and I were in, in Mexico racing the Baja 1000. And I have, I mean, you know, I have the social media and the whole thing. 
And my son's in the truck and we're going through contingency and I'm standing there and this guy comes up. He's like, oh shit, Sean Whalen, huge fan, lines on the sheet, the whole thing. He's like, you must be Whalen. He goes over and he shakes my son's hand. And he's like, man, this has been on my bucket list for like 20 years. I'm like, well, why don't you race it? He's like, well, you know, I got kids in college and I got mm. this and this and all this other stuff. And I was like, well, I could introduce you right now to a company here in Ensenada that literally has buggies that they rent for 15 grand. They do all the support. They give you the helmet. They give you the race suit. They give you the, the fuel. They will literally give you the whole thing. They will literally be your race team and you can race the Baja 1000. Mm. And the guy kind of looked at me and I was like, well, why don't you just go do that? And he's like, well, you know, all again, the same, the same answer. Yeah. I have a job. I have responsibility. I have bills. I got a kid in college. And I'm like, dude, real talk. Would you even notice? And I notice things about people. The dude's wearing a Rolex and, you know, he's obviously down in Mexico watching the Baja 1000. So he's got a little bit of freedom or maybe a couple nickels to rub together that he can go afford to do that in the middle of the week. I'm like, would you even notice if you took 15 grand out of your 401k, your IRA, or your savings account, would you even notice? He's like, no. And I said, that's the difference between me and you, friend, is I realized that I might not have another Baja 1000. Mm -hmm. Your kid's in college. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you might not have, this might be your last Baja 1000. I said, the way that I'm operating and living my life is I'm operating as if this was the last Baja 1000, which mm -hmm. is why my son and I are here. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that idea of well, how do you do that? How do you race the bike? I mean, you just fucking do it. I want to start, you just do it, right? And I think most people are terrified of being judged. Like, we're not afraid of failing because ask anybody, how many times you failed? Like, I'm a double oh, fisher. I've failed fucking plenty of times, right? We're not yeah. afraid to fail. We've done it so many times. What are we afraid of? We're deathly afraid of being judged. Now we introduce this social media thing where now everybody sees your fucking life or at least the life you want to show them. Mm -hmm. You're definitely afraid of being judged. And that's why people stay in the box. They stay in their home. They stay in their thing. Cause if that dude went home and was like, Hey honey, me and me and you know, Peter, his kid, we're going to go race the bottom 1000. She'd be like, well, 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 it's dangerous. And what about in the money and the th da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. And so what does a guy do? He's like, okay, fine. I won't, I won't do that. Mm -hmm. And that's really where the vast majority of our population and our culture is. Um, so I, I want to just kind of like go into that just a little bit. Like if like, what would you do to somebody who has that mindset? Like, how would you like, how would you help them to start like thinking differently or, or maybe it's, it's acting differently, I guess. Like, what is that first step? Answering the question. What do you want? Mm. It might take you a year to figure that out. Just mm -hmm. so you know, it might, it's not a single day coaching. And I mean, I, I know that you see, me coaching and what I do inside of the lines and this stuff, my entire game plan is to get people to understand, like, I can't, you said this earlier, I can't do it for you. Mm -hmm. I can't get you to answer that question. Cause then all of a sudden, you know, your vision is my vision or your dream is my dream. And that's not real. But like, it, it was so hard for me to answer that question. And it's so simple. Mm -hmm. What do you want? Well, I want, you know, I want to, and you read off this list. But what I have found is when people are challenged, or they have to question or they have to go into like a dark, scary space in their mind to answer that question. That's when you get to the real shit. Mm -hmm. That's when you get to the real shit. Like I'll ask people, well, what do you want? I want more money. Okay. Well, why? Well, I want freedom. And you ask enough questions. Why you drill down far enough. And then they'll get to the point where they're like, I hate my fucking job. I mm. despise my job. So it's not money that they want. It's that they want out of the situation that they're in now. But what do we do? We have, we have ecosystems if your friends at the bar were to say, what do you want? Well, I want more money. All your buddies would be like, fuck yeah, man. I want more money too. Yeah. Drinks on me. Give, give around to my boys. But no one's been challenged. 
So what does that even mean? Right. Mm -hmm. I sit down with people say, what do you want? I want freedom. The fuck does that even mean? Like you're literally free to strip naked right now, run around, punch somebody in the face, put your head through wall. You're free to do whatever the fuck you really want. So what does that even mean? Mm -hmm. And you drill down far enough. You start asking why, why people get frustrated as fuck with me because I'll ask them, I'll challenge them. Like, well, why, why, why do you want more money? Well, because, because why, like, why do you want more money? Because I want to be able to do whatever the fuck I want. Literally, could you right now take your credit card, put it into the fucking uh, Delta Sky Miles thing and buy a, a round trip ticket to Dubai? Yeah. Then you could literally, you, you can do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And that's the fascinating thing about our minds and our brains and how we've been programmed, how our culture shows up, what we're told normal is. Mm -hmm. And this is where most people stay. And so it's fascinating. Like the first step to anybody watching this, like, you don't like, you, even if you do like where you are and you want more, you're making 10 million, you want 20, you're making this, you want that, whatever it is. The very, very, very first step is to answer the question, what do you want? Yeah, and I think a make, really, a really simple exercise. Yeah, to identify that. I think a really simple step. Um, and I'm like nowhere, like I have, you know, management that comes through people who are like really inspired to create and to develop here with you know, the companies that I have. And I always like to sit down with people and I like to say, okay, I want to know like where they want to be in five years. I want to know like, like what, you know, and some people, you know, they just want to help build companies. And some people are like, you know, they want to come onto American brew because they want to possibly have like a restaurant or a coffee shop or a whiskey bar. And they're here to like learn the trade. Same thing with my screen printing company. Um, but I like to challenge people with a question that like, if, if I asked you like, who did you, who do you want to become? They'd be like, oh, well, you know, like I want to start out with like a, you know, the small business and have, you know, two employees. I'm like, okay, well, if I, if I gave you a million dollars, what would you do with that million dollars to start your business? Mm -hmm. And they, you know, and they just kind of like light up and they'd be like, oh, well, like I would, you know, ha create this and I would do this. I'm like, okay, what if I gave you $3 million to start your business? Yeah. Where would you be in five years? Yeah. And what's interesting is like people, again, it comes back to like the, the cap of like not being able to be creative anymore, but whenever you, you can start to see people, whenever you like put it up and you know, you're like, okay, well like, you know, a million dollars, what would you do? And then you get on up to like $3 million. It's just like their ideas and creativities just like blossom. Yeah. And that, that's kind of like the mindset whenever I'm trying to like develop and to create the businesses that I want, I just try to dream. Like I try to dream at the very top of like, like, the pinnacle of what I want. And it might seem absolutely crazy right now, but that is the start of your vision board. 100%. Um, I want to, I want like, I want to know, um, you quit the real estate, the market, the market dropped. Uh, was there any chance that you would, you would have gotten back into that? Did you think like that you were going to rebuild the business and get back into that or no, you were done. So, so as I was kind of my 2.0, as I like to call it, I was still doing real estate. Uh, and I sat down with one of my friends um, a couple of years ago in 2016. And I said, uh, I went to meet with him to, to find out about how to buy apartment complexes. I wanted to go from buying single family homes. I had a couple hundred homes that I owned to buying apartment complexes. And as we sat down, this is the importance of coaches and mentors. This is a good friend of mine who is a mentor of mine. Um, and he's like, let me be super candid with you. He's like, dude, you've made money in an up market and a down market. You made millions of dollars in real estate. And I'll never forget these words. He said, ride the wave. I said, what do you mean? He's like, lions, not sheep is exploding with growth. People fucking love you. Like you're not even touching that. 
What year was this? Truth was like, I, I was really good at real estate, but I lost the passion for it. Mm. So I could make a bunch of money, but I wasn't there where lions, not sheep really was my passion. And in that moment, my brain switched. He's like, I was like, he's totally right. And I sold off every one of my houses. I sold everything uh, from real estate and went all in on, on lions, not sheep on the coaching and on the events. And uh, it wasn't until last year that we started really pushing the apparel. Um, But that was where it was like, I can make, I can literally wake up tomorrow and start investing in real estate if I want to. I've already done it. But what am I really, what am I really fucking passionate Mm -hmm. about right now? And Mm -hmm. it was without question, one of the best moves I've made in the last 10 years. When, when did a lions and sheep not, uh, when did it start? So I started lions and sheep in 2014 officially. And it, it came to me one day, this was kind of like, after I burned everything down, I left my business. I left my marriage as I was kind of rebuilding one day, it popped into my brain and it just lions, not sheep just came into my head. And it's one of those things that it just didn't leave. It was like bouncing around, bouncing around. And it started to gain momentum with me. Like I realized that I lived most of my life as a sheep. I lived most mm. of my life doing what I was told to do, how I was told to do it, praying, how I was supposed to pray, building, how I was supposed to build. And I realized like there's a va- dramatic difference in the lifestyles of a lion and a sheep. And I was like, my 2.0 is I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. Mm-hmm. A lion eats when he wants to eat. He goes out and he kills whenever he gets hungry. Mm. Wants to take a nap all fucking day long. He takes a nap all day long. And if he wants to fuck, he goes and he fucks. Like this is the lifestyle that I want to live that I had not lived before. And so I literally started one shirt. I made one shirt for me. And I called my buddy at a screen printing company. I said, I had this idea and I just want to put it on a shirt. And I went and I went to fonts.com, picked out the font, told him how I wanted it to look. And he made a t-shirt for me. Um, and I just wore that t-shirt for me. It was like my personal mantra. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody saw it on Facebook and said, Hey man, how do I get one of those shirts? It's badass. And I was like, I don't know. I called my buddy. I was like, some dude wants to buy a fucking shirt. Like, can you sell him a shirt or something? And so mm-hmm. for the first two years, like people would go to my friend's website. Uh, I hadn't even bought lions, not sheep.com. I didn't even, I hadn't even really formed the company yet. Um, and people were buying, you know, t-shirts from him, you know, for quite a while, mm-hmm. but it, uh, it blossomed from that to truly like my mantra, like my way of being like my mentality as I was rebuilding myself. And I think that's one of the, I think it's one of the key reasons that it's caught on the way that it has. And it's become as big as it has is, is it's bigger than just a, a piece of apparel or something like that. It's a mentality. It's a movement. People truly are, like I was saying, are starting to wake up going, dude, maybe the way that I've been doing, it's not the way that I want to do it. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something bigger. If, if Sean can do it, then maybe I can do it. Mm-hmm. Because you're not, there's nothing special about you. And I think that this is what, um, what people need to understand is that it really just, you just have to create the habits over time and the consistency. Uh, Because, you know, and I say this like in fitness, if you want to get on the stage and compete, you can get on the stage and compete. There's nothing that makes me different from the other girl who's wanting to achieve like these fitness goals. You just have to be consistent. You have to be disciplined. Well, you said this earlier, you know, when you talk about the the dream and what do you want, like, it's really easy to dream, right? It's really easy to say, well, if I stripped away all of the shit, then I would go do this or I'd go do that. But the reality is like, if somebody came to you and said, all right, Ash, I want to do your fitness. Like, I just want to get in shape. Okay, great. Well, what does that mean? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to go from 200 pounds to 150 pounds. Now I can help you. Mm -hmm. I can create a map to there. If you're not making any money, you're working a nine to five and say, well, I want to learn how to break the $100,000 threshold. I want to make $100,000 a year. I can help you with that. But if you're like, I just want to make more money. I don't even know what that means, right? 
I want to be happy. I don't know what that means. That's why this, this, this question is so huge because a girl who comes to you and says, I want to go from 12% body fat, 7% body fat. Now that's, that's game on. We can build a map. We can become snipers and hit targets with that. Same thing with your marriage, same thing with your relationship, same thing with your mindset. I want to go from having chaos in my mind all day long to being in control of my mind. Dope. We can do that, right? Repetition, patterns, new habits, new things. But most people just go, well, here's my vision board. Uh, and and I, well, how are you going to get, I don't know. I'm just going to grind. I'm going to work really hard. There was a guy last year who put a picture up. It happens every December. We just literally got through it, right? Everybody posted it. 2022 is going to be my year. 2021 sucked. I'm like, we said that last year too. And the year before that and the year before that. I'm like, so what's going to be fucking different? This dude posts this picture of this Lamborghini. And he's like, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. And I was like, dope, bro. Awesome. How are you going to do it? And this response to me was, I'm going to grind my ass off. And I'm like, I'm looking through his freaking social media. And I'm like, every other thing is a Gary Vaynerchuk. Grind, hustle, grind, hustle, grind, hustle. I'm like, well, sounds like you're already doing that. So how exactly are you going to buy the car? You want to know his response to me was? He said, why do you have to be a dick, bro? Oh, my God. It was that was a really pivotal moment for me. This was two, three years ago because I realized he had no clue how he was going to buy the car. Right. That's he that's why he responded. Dream, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to get ripped. I, I take a picture of Ashley. She's super hot. I'm going to put on my fridge and I'm going to be hot as Ashley. Well, cool. How are you going to do it? Well, I don't really know, but that's my motivation. And there's a radical, radical, radical difference in the mentalities of people who just dream and throw shit up on a vision board and people that say, okay, I'm going to buy that Lamborghini in July. It's $300,000, which means I need to make 300 grand in the, over the next seven months. Cool. What I help people do is break it down to you need to make this much per quarter, this much per month, this much per week, this much per day. And so your entire focus and vision, and you've seen this with the lion's den, mm-hmm. all I'm focused on is that one meal that I'm eating today and the one workout that Ash has me doing today. Not six months from now or not my huge 30-day target. What do I have to eat? How many reps do I have to do today? How much money do I have to earn today? How many sales do I have to earn today? Like, that's it. Like, that's the beauty of, of what you do with people is like, when you can calculate that, and again, this goes back to the same, the, the whole conversation we're having is if you just say, well, I want to be happy. You really can't build anything to that. But mm-hmm. if you say, I want this, mm-hmm. then you can build a map to it. I want this. Then you build a map to it. Yeah. You have to be able to like, Define in detail exactly what it is that that you want. And that's like within like the dreaming. Do you, um, I'm just curious, do you create vision boards or how do you like, let you know, going into 2022 and, you know, here's Sean Whalen, December 15th, 2022, you know, how, how do you plan out your year? What is your order of like operations and strategies to, to ensuring that the goals that you've set, how do you reach those? Um, I haven't done a vision board ever. I've never put together a vision board. Um, My mind is kind of my vision board. Mm. I have specific targets that I want to hit. um, And I do it the exact same way I just shared. Like I wanted to double my revenue. So I know that we have to go from 15 million to 30 million. Great. What does that mean? Well, it took us this to get to 15. We're going to do this to get to 30, right? I know know pretty much I've, I've narrowed it down to three different planes, but my goal in, in 2022 is to buy a plane. So I've narrowed it down to these three planes that cost this much money, which means I need this much down and I'm going to either finance or pay cash for this much. And so I literally look at what I want and then I build an exact map to get there. Like mm-hmm. we've got our ranch, right? We bought 500 acres last year, Saxie and I did. And we're like, okay, well, we want to be 
breaking ground by the end of this year, which means Q1, we've got to finalize everything with our architect. Q2, we've got to finalize everything with you know the entity or the municipalities, the entire thing. And then by Q3, we have our plans done, our layout done, our design done, approved. And then Q4, we can start digging holes. Mm-hmm. So that's literally how I map shit out is what do I want? Where do I want to be? And then I build an exact map to get there. So for mm-hmm. me, it's really, I don't go into the 2022 like, fuck yeah, I'm going to rewrite the whole world and the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally doing today, six days into the new year, same thing I was doing mm-hmm. in October and November, yeah. because I've become so ritualistic with taking small bites every single day that I don't need to make these huge things. I don't, I don't like to do it. It actually causes me more stress, like trying to say, well, you know, people come to me all the time. Like, oh, man, how much did you make last year? hundred grand. I want to make 10 million next year. I'm like, what? It's probably not going to happen. What, would it, would it impact your life if you doubled your income? Oh, dude, mm-hmm. it would change my life. I'm like, well, why don't you focus on just doubling your fucking income? Yeah. If you're 497 pounds and you want to go do a fitness show, well, why don't you focus on like your first 50 pounds? Let's mm-hmm. get there. And then we get mm-hmm. there and then we get there. So for me, it's, it's become really, really fun at the end of the year, not having to deal with the stress, not having to deal with the, these expectations that I put on myself. Cause I've built a life and a lifestyle that allows me to just take these 90 day targets, hit it next one, next one. And I just keep leveling them up every single freaking quarter. It's just mm-hmm. a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And before you know it, you know, it's kind of the analogy we talk about with the airplane. You change your life one degree, you change the plane's direction one degree, no one on the plane knows it, right? We sit down every year and everybody's like, fuck, this year sucked. I'm going to redo everything. And we, January 1st, we clean out our entire fridge. We throw everything from our pantry away. Well, on our first trip to the grocery store, we buy all the greens and the vegetables and all the healthy shit that we've never eaten for, that we don't really like. Before you know it, we have a bad day, a bad week, and all of a sudden we're out there getting a Haagen-Dazs and then we have all the chocolate back in the fucking thing. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like, why not just build something that's actually sustainable and mm-hmm. it's predictable? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's my philosophy around it. So yeah. you change a plane's yeah. course one degree, you don't know it right now. You don't see it right now. Right. Eight hours from now, you're on a different right. fucking continent. You change one habit in your health. You know mm-hmm. this. This is what you teach mm-hmm. people. Change one habit. Just one habit. Three months from now, holy shit, I'm in a completely different reality. Mm-hmm. Same thing in business. Change one thing in your business. Six months from now, you're in a completely different freaking world. Most people don't think like that, though. It's like, look at my huge vision board. We have to do all of this by January 15th. It's like, what? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I think uh, it, the same thing with, I was talking to my my manager here at the brew and this is like another, like a really good analogy that like, sure, an employee comes in late, the team 
the business is probably not going to be affected by that, right? Employee comes in again the next day, probably not going to be affected. It's not going to affect the culture. It's okay. Third day in a row, employee comes in, they're late again, you know, three days in a row, you're probably not going to see the effect of that like immediately. But whenever you allow uh, the culture or whenever you allow, even for the slightest things to change, it's just like, you know, I could go eat a, a half a box of uh, chocolates. Like, am I going to see, am I going to see like the weight go on? Like, no. But if I continue to do that, yep. the, you're going to start seeing that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So going back to, um, whenever you started realizing that lions, not sheep, people wanted to buy the clothes. So what was the next kind of step in that for you? Like what happened after that? So I actually started with the coaching and everything else back in like 2018, 2019. And we had the apparel and it was literally just on a Shopify site that we had set up. And it was, some of the pictures were this big, some were this big, some were this color and this color. And it was literally me with my iPhone, just dip, dip, dip. We'd, I'd come up with this cool little design. I'd pay my buddy 40 bucks. He'd create the screen. He'd do the thing. I'd take a picture of it and I'd just put it on there. And, um, hundred percent was of it was organic. I had no intentions of building a, an apparel company. I had no intentions of selling gear to sell gear. I just did it basically for me and the clients that I was coaching with the lion's den and some of my one-on-one clients and stuff like that. Um, and it was last year, the beginning of last year, because my social media is just, it's continued to grow and grow and grow. And I've got almost 1.4 billion views of my videos and, you know, followers and all of this other craziness. And it was like, this culture was kind of growing and this tribe was growing. And in the beginning of last year, I was watching like my buddy, Rob Bailey, who owns flag nor fail and Andy Frisilla and Sal growing first form and stuff. And I was like, more and more, more people were resonating with the, with the brand. And I was like, I should turn, I could, I could turn this into an apparel company. Like we could Mm -hmm. legitimately make this a business in and of itself, not just a cool hat because it's like, Oh, that's Sean's company. Yeah. I'll just buy one because it's Sean. And I want to support the small business. Right. People started like really latching on to my life and to what I was doing and, you know, how I was exposing everything on social media and telling my story. They watched me go through the divorce. They watched me go through a, you know, bad relationship and then finding Saxony and getting remarried and building these businesses and people like, shit, man, what's going on. And, and, and I realized at the beginning of last year, I was like, I think I could turn this into an apparel company. And so I started researching the shit out of it. Like, how do you, I didn't even know, like my mom literally worked for me. My mom retired two years ago from the airlines and I had one heat transfer machine and we ordered our screen our little screens from Versatrans and we'd order five or six at a time. We had this little teeny shelf in my office and she had two or three t-shirts here, a couple of screens. And somebody would, would buy something. We'd either go up to the wholesaler in Salt Lake and get one t-shirt from them. And then we'd print it and we'd put it in a manila thing and we'd ship it out. Um, and that was literally what we were doing until March of last year, um, April of last year. And I went to a buddy of mine who was in one of my coaching groups and I was like, Hey man, like I want to turn this thing on. I don't know shit about the website come help me like redo the website, like make this look official. Um, and to make a long story short, uh, we did in the entire year of 2019, we did $12,000 of sales total. So it's like a grand a month, which breaks down to, I don't even know, a couple of t-shirts a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and in uh, May of 2020, last or 2020, we turned it on and we grew it to, I mean, it just exploded with growth. We went from one heat transfer machine, we had seven of them, we were cranking out 200 shirts a day and then 300 shirts a day and then hit a huge snag in the market when COVID hit and all my warehouse team basically got COVID and quit and got way behind. And so then we turned it over to a 
huge uh, uh, outsourcing company. And, you know, now we're doing a million dollars a month in, you know, a year of basically scaling it and building it. So um, it's been so, a wild fucking ride. What, what was it? Do you think like that, you know, going from like doing a thousand dollars a month to now doing triple digits, like yeah. what, like what, what was it? It, it couldn't have been just because you had like a nice website. Do you think like the demand was always there? People like wanted it. I mean, did you invest into the marketing or what did you, what did you do to make things? I made a choice to do it. I turned it on before it was just, it was there just to be there. And I think really it boiled down to me making the decision and planting my flag. Kind of like what I teach my clients, like, no, I'm going to turn this on. And I, and I, I'm relentless. I'm ruthless with like, Mm -hmm. when I want to do something, I don't, it's not a matter of if I will or won't. It's like, you how will. will it happen? Yeah. Who do no, I have yeah. to talk to? Who do I have to hire? Where do I pivot? And so for me, mm-hmm. it was like, you know, in, in May of, of 2020, I wrote on my whiteboard $1 million of sales in a month. We were doing, we were literally doing like 10,000. It's, un, it's, unfa- it's unheard of. But I literally just went balls deep, for lack of better words, into calling every person that I knew that knew anything about apparel, researching everything from FUBU to fucking Tom Hardy to, to Tom Ford to uh, Hilfiger, like Tommy Hilfiger. I researched everything that I could to, to learn. And I think really what it was, was I had built this huge community online and people had been watching me and they knew the, you know, you know, the brand, you know, the, the, the three words and you see me wearing it. You see me on stage with it and you see me hanging out with, my buddies, Ed or Andy or whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, dude, like this is a movement. Like I'm going to turn this thing on. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the very first thing was, was my belief system in that I could build this and people saw it and they saw like this radical change. The website got better. And I started talking about it and I started doing photo shoots and it was a photo shoot was literally me in my warehouse, like trying to pose up and look fresh, look hot and have the hat and the whole thing with my iPhone. I mean, just taking pictures with my iPhone and People are like, yo, that's, that's cool, man. That's dope. And then we got a photographer and then we started doing cool photo shoots in the mountains, right? And it was people watching that. But I think the the underlying thing was as the culture started to shift and I mean, people say, well, you got lucky with the election. We were doing this when Obama was in office, right? We, yeah. Lions on Sheep has been around for quite a while. I think it's really the the the, the timing of the culture, where we are, where I am as a, as a human being and people following, you know, that movement. Um that's really what struck a nerve with people and people resonated with it. Yeah. Like it's not hard to understand this message. People come up to me all the time. Lions, not sheep. What does that mean? I'm like, what do you think it means? It's my response <laughs> every time. I've never said anything else. I'm like, what do you think it means? You're like, well, to be a lion, not a sheep. There you go. It's that simple. There's no hidden message. There's no cryptic message. It's like, choose to live your life. Choose to have your marriage, your business, your relationship, everything as one or the other. And I think that's what's really cool is like people identify they're like fuck I want to I would I would much rather be a lion than be a sheep mm-hmm. and they identify with it and mm-hmm. you feel it right I get messages from people and it sound it sounds cheesy and it was really hard for me to wrap my head around it at first but people are like when I put on the shirt I feel like I'm putting on battle armor mm-hmm. and it's kind of funny but I know what that feels like because when I made the very first T-shirt when I had gone through my divorce and depression and was suicidal I know exactly what the fuck that feels like mm-hmm. I know exactly what it's like to like literally take the mantra and put it onto something that you believe in so fucking fervently with so much like tenacity. You're like I'm choosing to do this today. And that became like my battle armor. So when people say now, I'm like, I get it. I totally fucking get it. And I think it, 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 like I said, at the root of it, it's like 
Nobody wants to be a sheep, man. Nobody yeah. wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to fucking go to some shit box job that they hate and feel miserable and be fat and out of shape, whatever, whatever. Everybody wants to be a lion. Everybody wants to be roaming and doing their own thing and making their own rules and making a lot of money and having a friggin', you know, savagely trained body and a great relationship, you know? And I think that's what people really identify with is you're telling your story. It's something you're really good at. I've seen you do like everything from your, your rowing to the dogs, to the coffee, to your relationship. You know, you're very open and transparent and you know that that's why a lot of people follow you. You can't well, yeah, a lot of shit for it, but they, yeah. they're like, no, Ashley's gangster as fuck, man. Mm-hmm. And they and might I, not know your kids' names or your dog's names, but they're like, Ashley's gangster as fuck. And I feel like people say the same thing with me. Cause they're like, yeah, he talked about being depressed. He talked about mm-hmm. putting a, a Ruger P95 in his mouth. He talks about his, ups and his downs. And I vibe with that, you know? Right. Well, that's, that's really what I appreciate about you is that, you, you know, you tell your story and you're not afraid to, to talk about like everything that you fucked up along the way. Like you're very yeah. open and, and vulnerable. And, um, when it comes to brand messaging, it, it's important that you have to tell the story. You have to tell the story. And if anybody is sitting there saying like that they've that they've never failed, they've never messed up, they've never made mistakes, like they're they're lying. They're yeah. lying because and I can tell see you that. they yes, they do. People see it. Yep. Well, now you're like, look at our our family and look at this and look at that. I mean, there's there's people that have come through over the last year, year and a half that on social media that were huge influencers that you go through their social media and it, their life was their life's amazing. Their life's on fire. Uh, Dave and Rachel Hollis. I love what they did for the marketplace. I love what they were doing. They were the perfect couple and on Oprah and building this thing. And all of a sudden they do this post with like, uh, yeah, the last 18 months has been terrible. We're getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. And no one really gives a fuck if you struggle. Mm-hmm. No one really cares that you're going through a divorce because 50% of the people on planet earth are going through divorce. Yeah. No one really gives a shit that you're depressed because most everybody has been depressed. No one cares that you lost money. Because most anybody, especially people that have been successful, have all lost money. But what got everybody was like, well, why did you? Why didn't you just tell us that? Like, why did you lie for eighteen months? Like, and show us picture after picture, story after story about how great your life is, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, just kidding. It's the complete fucking opposite. Mm-hmm. And I found that that as I started sharing my story, and as you know, my post in the early part of this when I talked about my divorce went viral and reached literally tens of millions of people. I was like. Two things happened. Number one, I felt better mm-hmm. because there's no skeletons in the closet. I don't have to pretend. Like, I don't give a fuck if you like me or don't like me. I don't care if you like Trump or don't like Trump. I don't give a fuck. Like, if if you think I'm a jackass for having tattoos or a beard or smoking cigars, I truly don't give a fuck. But the second thing that happened is I realized that like millions and millions and millions of people resonated with these posts, like where I talked about suicide, where I talked about my divorce and I talked about how bad I hurt and how dark I was. Cause dude, well, men don't do that. We just, mm-hmm. we just nut up and go right. Millions of people resonated with it. So I was like, well, shit, I think I'm a pretty smart fella. If the ticket to me feeling better is to just tell the truth and the ticket to reaching millions and millions and millions of people and making fucking lots of money is to tell the truth. And I'll just go ahead and keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And really like that has been my mantra. That's been my shit. And it's gotten me banned on Facebook. 50 fucking times. It's gotten me shadow banned like a motherfucker across the board. It's had people tell me I'm an asshole and it's had people slide up in the DMs threatening to freaking kill me and kill my family and whatever, whatever. But it's like, I'm winning. Mm-hmm. I've built the life that I want to live and I feel really fucking good because it's like, this is my life. Like it, great. If you don't like it, great. When Whenever you were doing the real estate um, and then all of that crashed and you started transitioning, 
Did you, did you notice like you had a huge drop in, in the friends that you had, like whenever you were super successful and everybody went, and then all of a sudden, you know, you hit rock bottom. Uh, did you have, like, how was that? How was that time period for you? It was dark, man. It yeah. was so fucking dark. Cause I was winning. I was in every magazine in Utah. I won the 30 under 30 award. I had all the newspapers, the entire fucking thing. Um, it, you know, so to go from that to when I went through my bankruptcy, you know, I, I put, I personally guaranteed $12 million in development loans at 27 years old. When the market crashed, it wasn't one of those things where we had like, you know, charged up Nordstrom cars that we couldn't pay. Like we had tens of millions of dollars in deals and big real estate that everybody lost. Right. But it was, it, I'll never forget this. I have this at home. I have two newspaper articles. Um, the, one of them was from a local newspaper here and I'm on the front page of the business section. It talks about how we're crushing it and we're doing all these flips and building all this other stuff. But one of my companies was going through a bankruptcy. And so all the attorneys for all of the, the creditors on, on that deal, as soon as I was on the front page of the business section, talking about how this one company that I was running was winning, they called the paper and was like, yo, this dude's a scam artist. He's a fraud. We're going to fucking bury him, the whole thing. Three days later, they ran another story, front page with the exact same picture. And the headline is, Orem Investor Accused of Fraud. And it's my picture. So it's like the one praising me three days later, the one saying mm. I'm a fraudster. And it was, dude, that mentally, that's what pushed me into my hole. That's what like got me like, I didn't know how to deal with that shit. Right. That's why I stuck my head up my ass and I, I ended up going through an insane amount of darkness and depression and looked at my life as like a failure. I was like, dude, I fucked everything up. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget as long as I live in like one of my darkest periods, as I started coming out, my very first coach He's like, I want you to think about something. You lost millions of dollars. You lost millions of dollars. You went through bankruptcy, but he's like, but you had to make those millions in the first place. He's like, you flipped almost 4,000 houses. He's like, you lost millions of dollars, but you still did all those things. And in my mind, it was so hard to like wrap my head around that because this was my lot. My lot was you failed. You left your marriage. You left this business. You're fucked. I mean, you're just, you're just a total fuck up. But inside I was like, yeah, I did do that, you know, and, and that's the difference between the people that, that truly are living a free life, truly building big things is you look at them and like, look at Andy Frisilla. I mean, we're friends with Andy. And I mean, God got his dick knocked in the dirt. Who knows how many times mm-hmm. for years. Right. And some people choose to focus on that. Some people choose to focus on the, the, you know, the come up. But like I, as I started like really rebuilding myself, I realized, yeah, I lost a lot. Yeah. I, I lost millions of dollars, but I made them in the first place. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my mentality now is like, mm-hmm. I know what it's like to taste that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where so many people go wrong. And so many people are so scared to taste that. The biggest lessons that I've ever learned have come in the darkest periods of time. The biggest yeah. fucking lessons, the things that have truly shaped me, that have truly helped build me, the the, the relationships that I've had that, that fortified who I am today to allow me to be with Saxony, to allow me to have the marriage that I do. Dude, all of that shit helped me. All of that shit was good. And that's the hard part for a lot of people is like, how do you look at a bankruptcy as good? How do you look at divorce as good? I know something that I didn't know then. Mm -hmm. I know more about business and losing millions of dollars than had I gone to Harvard and Columbia combined. Mm -hmm. I know more about freaking leadership and employees and letting and growing a team because I spent most of my time micromanaging, right? Mm -hmm. I know what it's like to to be in a relationship where it's full fucking honesty, full transparency, because I've been in relationships that weren't there. And so like my whole mantra now is like, you know, we, we probably say the same thing, fail faster, mm-hmm. like 
cool. We're going to fuck it up. Great. Let's fuck it up now. Yeah. Let's learn a lesson. And then we, we pivot and we go. Right. But so many people are so terrified of like even stumbling. Yeah. And yet yeah. all of us are stumbling. I'm scared to lose $10. I've lost millions of dollars. Right. I'm scared to tell my lover that I want to fucking get sex toys and whatever, whatever. Chances are they probably want the same thing. So why not just fucking say it? Right. It's just this weird dynamic that like we're so programmed that way. But that literally that time period is what has built who I am today. Mm. That is literally built who I am today. Like one of my favorite quotes is you are who you are today because of the choices and decisions that you made yesterday. Mm -hmm. And what I encourage people to do is like, if you look at that and you made a ton of fucked up decisions, good. That's what got you to here. Mm -hmm. That's what got you here. Right. Instead of looking at it as it's bad. I lied. I cheated. I, I failed. I fell down. Look at it and be like, yeah, I did. That's why I am the gangster motherfucker that I am today. Mm -hmm. I learned these things the hard way. That's why I'm a badass today. I'm the father that I am today because my dad wasn't around. I'm the father that I am today and doing what I'm doing with my kids because I never did anything with my dad. So I can bitch and moan and cry and be like, daddy issues, daddy issues or go, dude, thank you, dad. You taught me like invaluable shit that's made me the father that I am today, right? Thank you for the market crashing because I know now what I didn't know back then. It's just a mentality shift. It is. And I, I, I think that it's hard to understand or to get any sort of clarity whenever you're going through that dark times and the hard times, because it is, and you do, you learn your most valuable lessons whenever things get tough. And I, I, I like to say that I work pretty well in chaos. I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing, but, um, I, I really thrive well, um, when things are kind of chaotic and it's like when things get really tough, um, when I have to get just really in the grit of things is oftentimes whenever I have the most clarity of like the next move or what I want to do. And I become even more aggressive than mm -hmm. when I was, when things are like, Oh yeah, like business is great. Everything's good. Everything's yeah. going like we're growing steadily. But the moment that things get hard and the moments that, um, I I'm challenged is that's whenever I really have a clear vision of what the next move is. Well, and you want to know why that is? Why? Why, why did you go row? What was it? What did you row for? 24 hours or whatever it was? 25. 25 hours. Why did you go do that? Yeah, I'm going to raise money. I'm going to help people. I'm going to bring awareness and the whole thing. But if you really think about it, like I'm the exact same way. I want, I want it to be full count bottom of the ninth. No, no, no. Give me the bat. I, I'm in. Put me in. I want two seconds on the clock to take that shot. Mm. Three, put, three foot putt to win the fucking tournament. Give it to me. I want it. The reason, like, you're, you're able to do that, and this is my, my two cents, my opinion, is because you purposely put yourself in the darkness. Mm -hmm. You purposely I do. do it. Oh, yeah, of course. And like, most people, yeah. we run from it. We're afraid of it. We don't hire trainers. We don't go to the box and work out because we're afraid of, you know, the man titties jiggling around and I'm going to look like an idiot. But the reality is you want to get really fucking strong. You want to get strong mentally. Put yourself in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Like, do shit. Like, this is the reason I love fighting. This is the reason I love boxing. This is the reason I love MMA. Because it's fucking terrifying. Mm -hmm. The mentality of, I'm going to get in a cage with another man who wants to physically fucking hurt me. It's terrifying. Purposely. Like, you don't have time to think when you're at 7-Eleven and bing, 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 done, right? But when you have six weeks, eight weeks to train, to think in your mind, the fuck am I doing? I'm going to go up against the dude who's a fucking animal who literally wants to break me. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. But that's why today I look at situations with my kids. I look at situations in business. Dude, we had 6,000 shirts last year that we sent out to get printed. That came back. 
85% of them were fucked. Mm. By fucked, I mean the logo was like this, the logo was down here, the logo was up here. As a brand new company, as a brand new apparel company, you do the math. If I'm paying seven bucks a shirt, they're all fucked. Now I got to go rebuy the shirts, rebuy the screens, reship it out, re-get it done. It costs a lot of fucking money, but literally in that entire experience, I was like, cool, what do we do to solve this problem? Mm-hmm. Everybody else is like, ah, oh, how come you're not going crazy? Because I'm like, yo, this is nothing. Yeah, This is nothing compared to the shit that I've been through. This is yeah. nothing compared to being in a literal fist fight with another human being. This is nothing when you're 18 hours in and into the row and you're like, I don't even know what planet I'm on. Mm-hmm. I'm hallucinating and I'm fucking completely delirious. That's the reason you do that. That's the reason I encourage people like do really hard, scary shit. Yeah. Because when you get your body and your mind accustomed to doing those things, the next time the scary shit comes, you're like, that's easy. That's nothing. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dude, I don't know. I like, I just, I thrive really well. I mean, and you're, you're like actually like right on. I just, uh, I think it's like a challenge. Like I love to feel, um, mentally challenged. It's more mental than physical. Cause I believe like, you know, physically like, sure. Can you really train for a 25 hour row? Uh, I did a, or I did a 40 hour run last November or was it the November? Dude, that was, that was crazy. And, and you know, you can't possibly train for a straight through 40 hour run. It's in your, it's in your mind. And I didn't just like decide like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to go run 40 hours. Like you build up to that and you create and you develop the fortitude in, in your mind and like your resilience to, you know, every lesson and every hardship that we go through is it's preparing you for something else. And, you know, I believe like if you've been through the darkness once you can navigate your way through the darkness again and, and, you know, if you failed once, if you failed before, like you're going to fail again and it's going to happen. But I believe every time we've experienced something and we go through the hard things and we failed or we're in the darkness, um, you know, we get better navigating through those situations every time we overcome them. But you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid of that. You're still here. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm better here. and stronger for it. And everybody listening to this, if you're yeah. listening to this, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are, what you've won, what you've lost, how dark it is. I don't give a shit about your story. Yep. You can tell me my dog got run over, then my cat got run over, then my wife left me out. It doesn't fucking matter. The truth of it is, is that you're still here. Mm-hmm. Every storm that you thought would kill you, that would break you, you beat it. You won. You're here. Right. And that's that mentality is it's like people talk about failure. We're not afraid to fail. We're afraid of being judged. But if you think about it, like stop looking at everything that we're, you've experienced as this like negative and this dark, like it taught you something, right? You only have to touch the stove one time to know that the stove is hot. Mm-hmm. Once you touch the stove, you're like, that shit's hot. But now you know, right? And knowledge is really what helps us grow. And so to me, like what, what you're saying is like, it's the mental game. Your, your mind will break long before your body ever does. Mm-hmm. Your mind will break. Your mind will tell you you're tired. You're scared. I don't want to lose again. I don't want to get hurt again. I'm going to cover my heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close up because I got cheated on one time and it hurt me. And so now I'm not going to fucking open up to anybody. And it's like, well, if you don't do that, then you're never going to fucking find love again. Mm -hmm. You're never going to find connection. If you sit there like this, just protected. If you never risk a dollar, you're never going to make two. It's just the way it is. Yeah. You lost before and you lost for that. And it taught you some shit. So learn from that shit and go. But you know, the thing I love about like what you do and watching all these challenges you do, it's, it's all, it's mental and you know it, I know it. And the people that are operating at a higher level, know that. And that's the reason you do it. And that's why, like, I love to encourage people, like do 
hard shit. Something that seems impossible, go do it. Mm-hmm. You're 400 pounds, go do a fucking Ironman. Yeah. The truth is you literally, you're not going to drown. You probably are going to suck ass on the bike. You're going to be able to run them. Physically, you could do it, but your mind will break first. Mm-hmm. Your mind won't even get you to the fucking starting line. Your mind will say, well, I need to lose 300 pounds before I do this. No, the reality is I did a freaking Ironman with a 360-pound NFL Super Bowl champion. You're, you can physically do it. It's mm-hmm. your mind that will be fucked way before. It'll fuck you all across the board, which yeah. is why when you put your mind and your body into dangerous, scary, dark situations, it gets stronger. It gets yeah. better. Sean, how do you keep doing this? How do you keep growing the business? How do you do that? How did you at 43 years old get remarried after all the shit and all whatever, whatever? I just fortified my mind. I was like, mm-hmm. cool. I'm going to give her my heart. And she has, she could totally fuck me over. And what's that have to do with me? I'm going to learn a lesson there, right? That's like, it's fun because as you get older, whether it's older for me and you, or whether we're like getting smarter or stronger, we just keep doing it. Yeah. And it's like, you can just keep doing it and it gets more fun, more easy, bigger risk, bigger reward, bigger, you know, whatever, whatever, but you got to freaking do it. Yeah. I think it's easy too. We like to over, overthink things. I mean, you know, I think that, uh, the more we like contemplate, like, should we do it or should we not do it? Or am I going to, you know, you just have to, you just literally have to do it. Do it. You literally you have to do jumping? it. You go to the top of no. the freaking cliff and you jump no. into, a, into a lake or something. I promise you, you get up there. I've learned this because we go to Lake Powell all the time. You get to the top. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yo, did you guys check the water? Hey, how deep is it? Well, move the boat over there. The longer you stand up there and like mentally jerk yourself off, it gets scarier and scarier and scarier. If I know that it's safe and it's deep enough, I go, and the second I get to the top, I jump off. Because if I stand up there, I'll talk myself out of it. But once you jump, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't die. Yeah. I'm going to go do it again. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just can't. Like, you can't allow yourself to, like, live in that mindset of, like, what if or, like, what if I'm going to fail? So I I purchased this building that American Brew is at right now. And we used to be... Uh, I was renting a space down the street, tiny, no opportunity for growth. In fact, if I would have stayed there probably six months longer, I mean, it was just basically bleeding out. Like my other company was investing into that, you know, to try to keep it alive. And I drove by this building and it was ugly. It was ran down. It was at a great location. I was like, that's where I need to be. And I called, I made an offer and that was that. And at first they like, they came back and they, you know, counter offered. And I just stuck to my guns. I was like, this is what I'm going to offer you guys. Take it or leave it. Cause I know the guy wants out and they're like, okay, fine. Sold. And then at that point I was like, holy shit, I just bought a building. Like, now this I have is to do like, something. Fuck. Yeah. I know. I was like, literally everything's moving. Like I just bought that building. And then, so I think like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about it. I didn't think never uh, ever did it. It was like, Oh, am I going to like buy this building? And then like American brew is going to fail. Like I had to take that risk and I knew that was the, the next step. And I just had to leave all of the emotions, all of the what ifs out of it and be like, if this is where I want to be, then this is, this is the jump that I have to make. 100%. And it's scary, but sometimes you have to go all in. And then when you get there, it's like, okay, what's the next step? Because I just bought a building. Well, not um, sometimes, all the time. You should go in all the time. All the time. There'll be a point, there'll be a point that all of us are going to get to where you're going to be laying on your deathbed or crashing your race truck at 130 miles an hour. And you're going to have that moment where you're like, fuck man, I should have done more. I could have, I could have done that deal. I yeah. could have taken that vacation. I should have done these things. And I, I'm, I don't fear a whole lot of things, but I'm terrified of that moment. Yeah. I'm terrified of being laying, laying on my deathbed being like, oh shit, 
have regrets. Yeah. Why did I, why did I play small? Why did yeah. I listen to all those fucking trolls on the internet? Now I don't have an option. Now I don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Dead game over. Mm-hmm. So what's the, what's the next step? Um, for the clothing line, Lions Not Cheap. Are you wanting to be another like Tommy Hilfiger? Are you wanting I'd be to badass. go? Yeah. Literally the next step. Yeah. What do you uh, want to do? As soon as we get off this call, yeah. I'm driving about three blocks this way. And <laughs> we're in, I'm in my man cave now, but our headquarters is right on the other side of the parking lot. We have 7,500 square feet. Uh, and I'm going to go negotiate on a 30,000 square foot building. That's literally my next step. That's exciting. So are you just mainly e-commerce? I thought you had a, don't you have a shop? Do you have a yeah, shop? Yeah, we do. It's right over here. So we had all this, uh, we had all these little offices that were like in the front of the warehouse. And uh-huh. uh, one day I was just like, I mean, every, everybody's messaging, hey, how do you have a store? Can I come by? I'm in Utah. Can I come? Whatever, whatever. And I was like, fuck it. Let's just turn this into a storefront. So we right. started the, the front of our, where our storefront is, the, the the warehouse behind it is where we do all of our fulfillment, all of our, you know, you know production, the whole thing. Um, and I just, uh, I just brought on uh, Dan Caldwell. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know, you saw that. I saw that. Uh, that was, you talk about scary moves and like the building, the building. That was a big thing for me. Yeah. The, yeah know, this is a perfect example of that. It was, I was scared of because, yeah. and, 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 and it scared whatever, but it was like knowing that this, this dude has done it. He was co-founder of tap out. He built a multi, multi, multi-million dollar apparel brand. And you know, it's, it's, this is my baby kind of a thing, but it's like, Oh, is he going to tell me my thing sucks or whatever? And long story short, we ended up connecting and we, we struck a deal and, He's going to be moving his family from LA out to here to, to help me build and scale and grow and run Lions Not Sheep Apparel, which was, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about these decisions. It was one of those things where I was like, fuck it, let's go. Like right. he, he even said, he's like, we could do this deal on a napkin. I'm like, here's the deal. This is what it is. And it's one of those things where you send that text message out and it's like, I should have said it. And I was like, fuck it, dude, just fucking yeah. say it. Same thing yeah. happened to me last year when I invited Ed Milet to come speak at Lions Den Live. Who's Ed? Ed gets $100,000, $200,000 to go speak in front of 60,000 people around the world. Why would Ed come to my 500-person event, right? I sent Ed my letter, a text message and said, hey, man, would love to have you come speak. And a couple hours later, the whole time in my mind, I'm like, oh, I should have said. He's like, he just responded, fuck yeah, I'm there. I was like, it was just, it was just jumping. That. Like, I, yeah. that was my test was what I send the text message. Yeah. That might mm-hmm. sound so funny to so many people. because like, Sean, because you're building these things and running all this other stuff. That, that's my fear. Those are the fears that I have, right? So it was like talking to talking to Dan, like, hey, come be the president of my company, come be the CEO of my company. Those are the things that like get me, right? Mm-hmm. It's like that's the stuff that's like, uh, the the scary thing. And you just fucking send it. You write the text message. It. You text yeah. message this, is it that? I don't fucking know. And I've just learned more and more and more. Like the more I think about it and the more I mentally jerk myself off with it, it's scarier it gets. Just fucking go. So literally right. just, like, we hang up, I'm driving over there, and it's like just do let's it. Look at the building. What's our Buy the building, Done. you know, make those and moves. Triple the size that we have the space right now. But that's my mindset is not should I or shouldn't I? It's like, man, I wonder if we're going to overflow this space too. And how fast are we going to do that? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, so I want to talk. Um, I want to talk really quick. I want to move into your coaching, um, okay. what you're doing for coaching, because I think that's really important. And um, I have gotten value from that. And I really want you to share with uh, the listeners. Um I want to, I want you to touch on your, your core four, because I think that's really important. Um, and then I just kind of want to, I want you to share about the, the lion's den and, and what that is and the purpose of that. Cause you were yeah. actually coaching right before you started the apparel company. I didn't yeah. realize that you were a, a business coach. Do you think like looking back whenever you first started coaching and then fast forwarding to now, you probably 
know and have had so much more experience now compared to like to back then? Well, look, it, it's a philosophy that I always share with people. And this is like, this is literally how I coach, right? The way that I look at it is if I had to go to war and I had to pick my battle buddy, right? The guy who I was going to go to war with. And here's the kid who just got out of West Point. He's smart as fuck. He knows all the tactical strategies. His boots are clean. His pants are freaking iron. His rifle's ready to fucking go. He's ready to go. Or I got a guy who's put 50,000 rounds downrange. He's got 500 kills. He's got dirty ass boots, muddy fucking uniform. And he looks like he's rag, you know, ragged and torn down. Who do I want to go to war with? I'm picking the dude who just got, who's, who's dirty as fuck. Because yeah, he's been it? to war. This guy's mm-hmm. thought about war, talked about war. He's been to war. I want this guy all day long. I look at business and coaching the same way. The reason that so many people work with me in, in, in coaching is because they've seen me build a multi-million dollar company, build a life, build a marriage, crash the entire fucking thing, and then rebuild it. And if you think about it, we don't put statues up or write movies about dudes who got their ass kicked and never got back up. Most of my clients come in and go, yo, I'm right now where you were 10 years ago. I'm burning the candle at both ends. I'm working 20 hours a day. I'm 40 something years old. I, I, my wife and I are passing each other like friends, you know, in college. I haven't been to my kids' games in who knows how long. How the fuck do I change my life? And at the end of the day, you can go to the dude who's been married for 37 years and has had the blissful life or whatever, or the guy who's literally been in that exact fucking spot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my whole, my whole philosophy of the coaching is I don't share theory. I don't read a book and go, well, this sounds great. Everybody should go try this. I'm like, no, let me tell you how it is that I built the relationship that I have with my wife. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about our sex life. Let me talk to you about our communication. Let me talk to you about why it's so fucking important to have weekly date night because for years in my, ma- my past marriage, I didn't do that and it fucking fell apart. So here's what I'm doing now. And here's why it works. Same thing in business, right? These people that are running, you know, six, seven, eight, nine figure companies going, dude, I'm married to this thing. I don't know how to do it. My wife's ready to leave me. I'm terrified. I'm up to my drinking myself to oblivion every day. What do I do? I was there. I did that exact same fucking thing. So the Lions Den is an online group that I created because I wanted to give everybody kind of the foundational principles, right? Core four. Core four is what helped me go from chaos to very clear, calculated, freaking move, moving forward decisions. It allows me to structure my days so that I have all of my tasks checked off and I know exactly what I have to do. It's what I teach people, how, you bite, how do you eat the elephant one bite at a time, where most people have a goal and they're trying to hit their whole goal with one deal, one thing. I've been a dick in my marriage for 10 years and I'm going to take her to Costa Rica for a weekend and that should hopefully solve all of our problems. It's like, no, dude, that's not how it works. Like you have to, you have to rewrite the story now and do something different and create different patterns. And so Core four is what I teach and what I fundamentally live by. And it's what I have found has literally changed thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives is that principle and, and, and plugging in every single week as we do our weekly coaching calls, as you know, mm-hmm. on real world shit. Like how am I, how did I go from dad bod to spine surgery? I have torn rotator cuff. I have spinal stenosis. I have both of my knees redone. How is it that at 43 years old, I'm fucking jacked out of my mind in my best shape ever. Well, let me tell you exactly how I do it, right? How is it that I'm building the marriage, building the relationship, working with my ex, working with employees and all that other stuff? Um, I believe in real world shit. There's a lot of theory out there. There's a lot of books that you can read of people that sound really smart, that went and got the degree, that they're the West Point. They, they, they're doctors. They studied the mind. I don't give a fuck if you studied the mind. I want to know, have you built a multi-million dollar company? Right. I don't care how smart, I don't care that you and your, your, your wife have been married for 35 years. What I want to know is the guy who burned it all to the ground, how did you rebuild it? 
Mm-hmm. Like, how do you love now compared to how you loved before? And so the Lions Den's that online coaching group, which, you know, I know you, you know about. And then um, I work with uh, a lot of CEOs and, and business owners and guys that were like me 10 years ago who were literally running 150 miles an hour, burning the candle at both ends going, how do I change this? What do I do? I'm successful. I did the same thing I did. I built mm-hmm. this huge thing. Now I have it. And my wife wants to leave me. I hate who I am. I'm fat. I'm out of shape. What do I do? I, uh, I have never had any sort of business coaching. I think like I've always just kind of ran off of, uh, just the drive and the challenge. Like I'm always wanting to be challenged. And for the first time, and I would say, I I would recommend this to, to everybody, anybody who's just wanting to get their life better and right business or whatever, um, and invest in a coach because it's something that you get to take with you like forever. I've never had a mentor. I've never had somebody to call to be like, Hey, uh, like this just broke. I've had five employees leave. I don't know how to operate this. What do I do? And if if I could say, and if I could recommend to anybody who is listening to this, um, it doesn't matter if you've been in the business for 20 years, doesn't matter if you've been in the business for six months, or maybe you're going to start tomorrow that, invest in a coach and invest into a community and a culture uh, like the lion's den that can help support you and elevate you to get you to your goals faster. That's the only thing like, you know, I've been, I've had my businesses for like, I don't know, six, seven years now. I never, I've never had anybody that I could reach out to to be like, Hey, like, what do I do in this situation? And I, for the first time ever, this, this last year, the end of this last year, um, have I really started diving into leadership, running businesses, operating and surrounding myself with like-minded people like the lion's den, um, that can help clarify that or can help offer like support. And so I think that it's, it's really, really important. Do you think about like one question that you have, there's probably 300 people in the den that have been there that could help you. That's like the whole goal is we, we get in our pride and our, you know, oh, I got to solve all the problems myself. And it's like, that's dumb. Like, yeah. why not just ask somebody when I was building the apparel company, I literally didn't know how to do shelving. Yeah. I didn't know how to do warehousing. I'd call Rob Bailey. I'm like, yo, uh, what do you, what do I do? Why would I try and bang my head against the wall and do it myself when there's a dude who's already done it? Right. Yeah. Same thing with you. Like you're, you're an entrepreneur or business owner. There's a thousand entrepreneurs and business owners inside of the lion's den who chances are have already been where you you are or can coach you and guide you and help you to make a decision that would save you either thousands of dollars or tons of fucking time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I didn't understand coaching for so long. And that's the reason I'm so passionate about it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. The wheel's already been invented. You totally. just have to, um, just to tweak it to make it fit your culture and, and your goals. Um, I want to, um, I kind of want to clo- close out because I know I've kept you over the time. Right, good, I, there's, there's so much here that we could like dive into, but I want to, um, I want to ask you what's next with the lion's den. Is it going to be the next, uh, Facebook or what is it? What is your goal with that? I'm, I'm going to keep growing it where we've got lion's den live coming up, which is the, the annual big conference that we do. And, most everybody from the den comes and it's a huge, you know, two and a half day event for me. It's just keep growing it, man. Like I just, I don't set these huge targets where I have to do this or I have to do that. I set benchmarks and I want to hit certain numbers and do certain things. But for me, it's like, my life has never been better. I'm I'm making more money than I've ever made. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in mentally. I'm in the best shape I've ever been in. To me, it's like, just keep going, right? Sometimes just keep going with where you are and the trajectory that you're in is the best thing to do. Right. So I have little goals that I want to hit every single day and keep growing it and scaling it. But 
you know, my goal is to have uh, 10,000 people in the den by the end of this year. And so I've literally just mapped out, cool. What does it take to get to the 30 something hundred that we have right now? And I just keep going and hit that by the end of the year. But, um, you know, I really love what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm in a really good place and, and uh, it's, we're going to keep scaling the company, the apparel company, uh, as far as like my investments and stuff go. So I love the lion's den. I'd love to have people like you sharing and teaching and on stage at lion's den live. It's one of my favorite things to do is like you said, at the beginning, I love helping. I don't, I can't grow leaders. I can't build leaders. Everybody chooses that themselves. But what I love doing is giving people the opportunity to do something that scares them. Mm-hmm. I love knowing that I can bring, you know, a thousand people, 2000 people to, to my event. And I can put 10 people up on the stage that have never spoken to 50 people before, let alone 2000. Right. And so that's kind of the culture that I'm building with lions then is, is, you know, you start coaching people, you've built business yourself, Ashley, like you have your own group, you start, you know, making great money, providing great value to people. And and you do that enough times with enough people. And now you've got an entire tribe of people that are doing really well financially that are growing together. Mm -hmm. That's how you change the world. In my opinion, that's Mm -hmm. how you change communities. That's how you change families. That's how you change neighborhoods is empowering people to get their life growing, to get their life stable, to get their life thriving, you know, cause then that just creates that ripple effect. Cause then mm-hmm. people ask them, how did you do it? Same way people ask me, how did you do it? And it's just, da, 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 da. you know, it's fun. Well, I think I'm you're wrong. It, I think, I, I think you're addicted to it. I think you're wrong whenever you say that you're not creating or developing leaders because you are, you are. And I understand like, you know, if, if somebody wants to change, then, they have to be willing to change, yeah. but um, you like you are absolutely creating and developing leaders from from all walks of life, and it's because of the experiences and stuff that you share. I want to ask you. I want to close out on. For, well, if people want to join the Lions Den, it's closed, right? When can they? I'm not sure when we're going to open it, but they, if you just go to lionsnotsheepden.com, we have a waiting list there, and we'll let you know the next time we open it up. But okay, yeah, we've got. Uh, about 3,100 people in there right now. So awesome. I open it a couple of times a year. But if you want to get in with me and Ashley and a bunch of other freaking savages and badasses and get on the waiting list. Yeah, there's um there, there's so much information on the on the Lions Den. And if you're listening to this and you're interested in and uh getting coached, what I love about Sean and everybody that that has a part of the of the den is that the information isn't just there and then it expires. Like the information is literally there forever. So you can go back in the archives and you can listen to his coaching strategies. You can listen to his core four. And um, I think that like, I see it like right now and like everything. And it's just like, it's like overwhelming because there's so much there inside to unpack. And uh, it's, it's really, really exciting. So if you guys are interested in that, um, definitely check out the lion's den. Um, And where can people find the apparel company? And where can they find you and what's next for uh, Sean Whalen? Um, you can find me pretty much anywhere online, seanwhalen.com, uh, the apparel, lionsnotasheep.com. Um, you know, I, I, get, I don't know how to answer that question. People ask me that all the time. I, 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 I'm stoked about 2022. In fact, this is the first year that I've mapped out my whole year. I don't normally do that. Like I'm very, very, very spontaneous. I love having an open calendar because I love being able to pivot, move wherever I want, whenever I want. But this is the first year that I've, I've, I've built out a really big plan, you know, for instance, racing, I got into street racing last year. I've been racing off-road for the last four years, but I bought this Aston Martin race car and I'm racing at pretty much the highest level you can race in America, but there's nine races this year. 
Mm. And so like we mapped out the whole year of where we're going and the team and the trucks and the whole thing. And that's, that's scary for me. Cause I don't normally do that. Like I'm normally like a, okay, we're going to go this weekend and it's Friday. It's like, yeah, let's go. And we'll go and whatever, whatever. But, um, you know, I'm building my marriage. We're coming up on our one year anniversary. Like I'm, I'm really, really, really passionate about my marriage and my connection with my wife and us thriving together, which has really helped us help a lot of other couples. Um, that's something that I think is at the top of the list that we haven't talked too much about that, that is coming that I feel for me is to really deepen the conversation around relationships because it's so, there's so much, I don't want to say misinformation, but there's so many people struggling that don't want to struggle, that don't need to struggle, that are afraid to have the conversation about real relationships and real depth, whether it's because of a religious thing or a parenting thing or whatever, whatever. But Saxie and I are super passionate about relationships. Um, and so I think like in what's next for me is just continue to grow, continue to level up, you know, get stronger, get smarter, um, find more passion inside of me and I have found personally that the more I focus on me, the more I invest in me, the more my external world expands, the more cool people I get to meet, the more rad podcasts I get to be on, the more coaching I get to do, the more traveling I get to do, racing, the whole thing. So I'm I'm doubling down on top of my double down on top of my double down on me. I love that. I love that. Uh, last question. Okay. What is the legacy that Sean Whalen wants to leave behind? For your kids, for your stepkids, for really your simple. wife. Um, I want to empower my three children to live their dreams. Mm. I don't care about money. I don't care about assets. I don't care if I leave them fucking 50 cents or $50 million. I, my goal, my legacy, if, if at the end of the day I check out and someone was to say, this is Sean Whalen's legacy, is that my five kids are radically passionate about life and they're living their dreams. They're building their own businesses. They're loving themselves as much as they can love themselves. They're healthy. They're happy. And they're thriving because they watched me do it. Mm. I love that. That's really powerful. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else that you want to leave for the listeners? I appreciate you. You, You're kicking ass. You inspire a lot of people, me included. Um, Just how you handle yourself and build your business and stuff. It's not easy. I know it's not easy. It's not easy with kids. It's not easy with you know, circumstances and situations. So, you know, I'm proud of what you're doing and I'm super grateful that I can be on, you know, your podcast and stuff, but keep kicking ass, man. Dude, likewise. Sax loves you. And I'm excited. One of these days we'll be breaking bread and I know having our maligators chasing each other and shit. Yeah. So uh, how old is your Mally? He just turned one. Oh my gosh. Wow. Been with the uh, trainers for the last two weeks, every, about every two months we send him back. Good. To kind of re up. Cause he's, you know, he's a puppy and when they're puppy, yeah. Takes him a little bit of time, but uh, we got a really good trainer that he's with. Um, That's awesome. He's fucking right. Dude, the coolest, you know. Dude, they're wild. Yeah, I have one. I have one right here. I have one right here underneath my desk. And then I have another one right here in the chair. Like she's sleeping. So, dude, they are a handful though. They're, but I wouldn't trade. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but it's, it's definitely worth, again, worth the investment. Yes. Like having another child. Yeah, they are. All right, Sean. Well, good luck today. Thank you so much for, for giving me your time. And uh, I'll see you on the lion's den. Thanks girl. Appreciate you. Peace out. Bye. you that was stupid all right the outro um thank you guys so much for listening to the reborn podcast today do me a favor if you guys like this show at all uh just share it um give it a review 
a rating. I know like we didn't talk about a whole lot of fitness on this show, but dude, some, some amazing, amazing takeaways uh, from the experiences that he has that you can apply to your life, whether it's fitness, business, um, make sure you give it a rating and we will catch you next time. See you later. Later. Peace. Mm-hmm.